0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and this is the program where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership, and it's always interesting to find leadership tips from different sources, if you will. And today, I'm pleased to welcome Captain Joe Sicchetti, who is the author of a book called Guts, Smarts, and Love, Live Your Life the Army Ranger
1: Way. Captain Joe, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Dave, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Well, uh, the formative experience in my life, which uh, we're going to chat about today, is uh, uh, my experience in the Army as a a United States Army Ranger and paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne uh, with a couple of uh, tours in in Iraq, uh, originally uh, for uh, Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Uh, And then um, after getting out of the Army, where I spent nine years, switched over to technology, and, um, and some pharmaceuticals. I spent the last 20 years. Today, uh, I am the channel chief uh, for channel sales at a uh, software startup in California called Zodara Storage. Nice. We're going to be talking leadership. And you
0: mentioned a little bit about the Army background. But I want to just dive into it a little bit deeper just to set the frame for the conversation that's going to follow. So in looking through your background before um, the program,
1: I noticed something about the, the
0: Ranger creed that you talk about. Can tell the audience a little bit
1: about what that is. Yeah, the, the Ranger Creed is a six-paragraph mantra on, on how to live your life. Uh, and specifically, it uh, it's prepares the rangers uh, for everything they need to know and much more. And it becomes really a creed. Uh, things like uh, never leave a fallen comrade to fall into the hands of the enemy and recognizing I volunteered as a ranger, which really means recognize that I volunteered to do the near impossible. Hmm. So, what inspired you to write the book? That's a great question. I had uh, uh, I had um, experiences uh, that you know most folks have that were so impactful to me uh, when I was in uh, the army, and of course uh, surrounded by other uh, America's best, and uh, several in uh, in uh, the Middle East, and they were uh, just as impactful to me. I found twenty five years later. Uh, as they were the moment they happened. And then I uh, also uh, found that uh, to the folks that I had served with, they were just as impactful. And I thought, uh, I've learned so much of life uh, from those experiences that uh, I would to share them. Nice. Well, the
0: book isn't available
1: yet as we're filming this program. When will it be available, and how can folks find it? It's out on November 11th, which you may recognize that day. That's Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. It's out uh, November 11th uh, for uh, the ebook on Kindle, and okay. then uh, in March for uh, the paperback.
0: Great. Awesome. So folks can go find it uh, literally uh, just around the corner. They are. It's coming right out. Good stuff. So you were kind enough to send me an advance copy. Uh, and going through some of the chapters and and identifying some of the the things and topics that resonated with me. uh, I I wrote down a list here, and I wonder if we can kind of go through those uh, to talk about your perspective and what it really means for business leadership.
1: That sounds great. So you you checked it out, and there were a few things that resonated. Yes, exactly. Uh, Actually, I had a very long list, but
0: recognizing that we only have about 30 (laughs) minutes for the program, I'm going to try and cut it down here and, and prioritize these in order for interest for the audience. But one of the first ones I wanted to talk about was creating a persona. So in the business world as a leader a lot of folks feel that they have to act and behave in a certain way
1: when you talk about creating a persona what does that mean well, I met a legend in the uh the US military called uh Sergeant G Man, and he had a, a, a name that was too long for most folks in the army to pronounce, and uh he was a six foot three Greek, and I realized that he had created a persona that was larger than life, uh, because we had to endure some some tough situations. And people began to just focus on uh this uh this persona that he had created to follow him as opposed to thinking about the obstacles and challenges. And so for business folks today, uh, it could be as simple as uh, someone who answers the phone uh, for a living uh, or makes cold calls. Uh, that's not a fun thing to do, and people often find that that's uh, out of their comfort zone. But if they create a persona, this is the person that makes those phone calls. This is how that person becomes successful. Uh, it's a great tool. So it's
0: more or less the kind of stepping out of yourself, if you will, and thinking about this person as a as a character.
1: That's right. Exactly. You are literally creating a persona and you find that uh, when it's a positive persona, other people are going to follow you. Now, are people aware that they have a persona? Well, uh, I think that um, the folks uh, that do create that persona really actively enjoy it. They love it. They see a following uh, and they see the results from it. So I think they do. Okay. Because I, I
0: would think that there's our, there are a number of folks who are in leadership roles who are just trying to do the right thing and may not necessarily think in that kind of a context about creating a character. And and what does that really mean in terms of, and this is kind of a different topic of the book, but when you think about a persona, how does that really dovetail with someone trying to be authentic, which is a topic that we
1: hear all about these days in terms of management and leadership? Being authentic is, is one of the chapters in, in the book as well. And uh, uh, that has to do with You know, innately being that person, and not and not really faking it, but really, generally, uh, uh, genuinely wanting to uh, act in in servant leadership and help and do uh, and do all the right things. Uh, And I think that creating the persona is just making it more of an embodiment, a more more of a more of a character. Not waking up the day and saying, "Let me survive this day." but really making it m- much more of a difference. So you, you said a buzzword there, uh,
0: servant leadership, which mm-hmm. is something that I think resonates with a lot of folks who are watching and listening. How do you define servant leadership? and What does it mean from a military perspective, and then how does it translate into the business community?
1: I suspect that uh, that all the folks that are embracing servant leadership now, which I think is a wonderful thing, may have gotten their roots uh, from the military uh, because uh, every, every leader uh, in the military eats last, uh, it gets um, It gets their rations and their equipment last, and uh, their their job is to enable the lowest ranking soldier under their command and uh, that 's inculcated in uh, in ranger leadership from from day one yeah that 's a great message and
0: Simon Sinek obviously made that a popular mantra in his book Leaders Eat Last, which is a great read by the way so good mm-hmm. stuff let 's move to another one, uh, which is something that I think resonates well, all of this stuff resonates mm-hmm. frankly but when you talk about in, in a workforce or a team of soldiers, if you will, getting everybody motivated and rowing in the same direction, what have you learned in your experience and how to do
1: that? The first thing I think is uh, that the team will look at the leader and see what he's doing. Uh, and it could, be, uh, it could be a track coach and, uh, or it could be, a, it could be a, you know, a, a lieutenant in a scout platoon. And they look to see, this is our task. Are you doing it with us? Are you out out in front? And uh, so many folks, uh, and so many folks that are, are in the uh, in the pages of Gut Smarts and Love are the first ones out there on the five mile run, and they are taking point on the on the patrol. So they're, they, the the folks in the in the rank and file have to see the leader out there actually doing it, and as a bonus, does it as good as anybody else in the platoon can do. Gotcha. So from a business
0: perspective, as I'm hearing that and parsing it in my mind. Um, A leader has to be able to roll up their sleeves and and get literally in the trenches with maybe their lowest level employee and
1: work side by side with them as circumstances arise. Right. How many times have we seen uh, a CEO uh, that uh, was less than successful because he had literally uh, not ever been to the shop floor? Uh, Whereas the the, the company that is super successful has the CEO just randomly, uh, you know, making trips down there and knows people's names and their families and so forth.
0: Yeah. So are the most successful CEOs the ones that rise up through the ranks and have taken on these individual roles and kind of evolved and grown in the organization?
1: Well, if you look at the military example, the answer... Leans towards yes, but I don't think you have to have come from, uh, from the, the, the very bowels of the company to have every position, but you have to have the, the nature uh, and the disposition to um, appreciate many, many different skills and at least have a touch of goodness on on a lot of them a touch of goodness yeah <laughs> nice yeah. so curious do you w- will you be or are you currently doing any kind of speaking or or workshops for folks who are looking to enhance these leadership skills well i am uh, out on a, a good speaking tour uh, that's planned for uh, when, uh, when the book comes okay. around some military posts and uh, a couple of universities uh, and i do get to have gotten to talk to the folks at franklin and marshall and and, uh, and temple fox business school uh, I'll be down in uh, Fayetteville, which is right outside of um, Fort Bragg in a couple of months. So I, I plan to do that. It's, it's fun to share with the, what I consider a target demographic for the, the next generation, which is the, the folks that are in, in college right now. Yeah, the
0: young leaders, the future leadership. So a little early in the program, but since we're just talking about your your speaking gigs coming up, why don't you tell the folks watching and listening how they can contact you in case they want to have you come out maybe
1: talk to their company? Well, that's great. Uh, I am at uh, 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 at www.armyrangeratmit.com. It's a a little website that has a lot of global leadership, travel, and, and business in it. Um, and uh, you can easily find me there. And of course, the, the book is called Guts, Smarts and Love, which it's pretty easy to find on Amazon.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think we'll have a graphic of that, if not later in this segment, then uh, certainly in the early part of the next segment. But we have just a, a couple of more minutes here in this first segment. I want to cover squeaking one more topic, if we can here, and it's a it's a topic that resonates across the business community. When you talk about ROI, return on investment, mm. uh, everyone likes to understand that when they do something, that there's a benefit, there's a return on that. It, endeavor. So, what does that mean in terms
1: of the military? Well, you have uh, folks that uh, are so much more qualified and uh, have so much more expertise than they did even 50 years ago, and I'm talking about the soldier. Uh, a, a soldier is not just a grunt anymore. Uh, the, the average army soldier is so well equipped uh, that it, it elevates everyone's game, uh, especially as you go up to the special forces. Uh, and, and the missions are, are, have gotten quite difficult, um, as you know, in the Middle East. Uh, we've got to contend with a lot of things, electronic warfare and, and uh, improved explosive devices and things that didn't exist a few years ago. And so uh, the very tip top of the, the uh, food chain is the special forces. And, uh, and the ROI uh, to use them is, uh, is, you know, is comes back uh, tenfold, but they're very expensive. So what the Army is finding is that uh, the, um, the rank and file are able to conduct the majority of the missions, and, uh, and, and the, the Army is getting outstanding return on investment by, um, uh, by empowering their rank and file to do most of the missions. Yeah, that's a great lesson to think to bring back
0: into the business world and parse that lesson. So when you think about the younger members of a workforce, for instance, generally speaking, I think it's fair to say that they're probably better technology than some of the older folks. Uh, That's right. Especially when you start talking about social media and things like that. But. Um, because of their innate desire to be part of a mission, uh, I think that perhaps maybe they're, in the same
1: way, uh, better utilized than maybe some folks are currently doing. That's right. I mean, your book is fascinating, The New ROI, where you talk about uh, individuals literally being, uh, being, you know, being a, 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 an X factor in how uh, well the company can, can uh, produce uh, results. And, uh, and those folks have so much energy that when you, you uh, energize them, uh, they become a, an amazing force. And then you can save the tip-top expertise that tends to be most expensive uh, for, the, for the most difficult missions. Yeah, and appreciate that, by the way. Thank you. But when you talk about empowering, what does it mean to empower folks in business from your perspective? Well, I think that we've got to give people that are doing the mission uh, the tools they need, uh, the training they need. And so you see this, uh, this cycle, for instance, in, uh, uh, in sales as... Um, Going out and finding the right targets, and then we're going to uh, we're going to sign them up, or we're going to win the business, and then we're going to enable uh, them from there to to you know to uh, to create more business, uh, and then identify other opportunities, and it's this this cycle of uh, of business in the channel world, uh, where we create sales, and so we've got to empower folks uh, in the army uh, that clearly meant um, issuing equipment and then training people how to use it, mm-hmm. and then we found that. Uh, uh, there was one particular air battle that raged uh, in the sky above us uh, in the Gulf, where an old A-10 aircraft, which is a very old model, started in Vietnam, uh, because the American pilot was so well trained and knew every bit of how to roll and, and rise with it, uh, shot down a uh, uh, a MiG, a Soviet-era uh, uh, jet, um, because they, you know the pilot uh, was not nearly as skilled. Hmm. I think that's a great spot to take a break.
0: Stay tuned, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We're going to pay a few bills and we'll be right back on Behind the Numbers.
1: In Philadelphia counties, we have six highly experienced lawyers and have represented clients for more than 30 years regarding these issues. Our clients depend on us to sort through the complicated issues involved in divorce and division of assets, spousal and child support, and custody. We listen to them, we gather the information, and we help them make informed decisions. We pride ourselves in our knowledge and our experience. We try to settle cases when we can, but we zealously advocate for our clients at trial as experienced and successful litigators. If you need help on any of these family life issues, please call us for an appointment at 215-542-2105 or check us out on our website at www.shemtablaw.com.
0: Welcome back to Behind the Numbers, I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about leadership with Captain Joe Sicchetti. Uh, Joe, a lot of good stuff in the first segment. I want to kick off this second segment by talking about something that I alluded to at the end of the first segment, especially when you think about younger employees, but I'm finding in research that it really pertains to everybody in a workforce. People want to be a part of something bigger. It's not just about cranking out a widget or a report or something. It's about a bigger mission. And
1: in the book, I know you talk about being a part of something big. Being a part of something big is, is one of the chapters that uh, it really illustrates uh, folks that, uh, when they're uh, stuck in their job, literally thinking of them as, as being in an office, they don't know what their contribution really means. They're not always sure of it. Uh, and uh, uh, Sergeant uh, Doug Quitmeyer was uh, a member of a uh, Ranger Battalion uh, in, uh, in the mid-2000s on, on a particular mission that we talk about in the book. And uh, it was beautifully... Uh, uh, brought out because the commander of this mission made sure that everyone knew what their part meant. And in in fact, uh, there was a very high value target, the number two uh, man uh, in ISIS at the time, and uh, they needed to uh, find this hiding spot. And if the mission went successful, uh, the uh, secretary of state, that was Donald Rumsfeld at the time, would be briefed. And, um, and this was uh, something of enormous importance. And so Doug at the time was a team leader, which means he was in charge of four people. And, uh, and then he reported to a team leader that was a, you know, a team of uh, a squad of 10. And they were being uh, tasked out to a Navy SEAL detachment of 23. So there's seven men, and uh, 23 made a 30-man patrol that had to go into a remote uh, place. They had to walk from Afghanistan into Pakistan. And it took them 30 days to do it. Hmm. And uh, And you really can question yourself during that kind of time, but they knew they were something uh, part of something enormously big. and when they did finally find a mission, uh, get there, uh, they were able to um, uh, locate this secret hiding, hiding spot. And, uh, and it was an enormous success. It eventually saved a lot of lives. What do you think is a good advice for leaders in the business world then in terms
0: of how to get their folks bought in? Uh, in articulating that miss, mission so that they're really
1: feeling that same experience. Leaders today have to let their people know what the mission is. The concept of the mission. so if you, if somebody gets sick, uh, misses a day, or in, in army terms, you know sometimes if someone is eliminated, uh, then the rest of the team can carry out the mission. And how about articulating that mission? Well, I think that uh, that you know, the Army has this tried and true uh, method of uh, of a you know, a, a mission brief that 's five paragraphs and, and it handles the who, what, when, and where now, not to that extent, but uh, but folks in civilian business should do something like that. They should let everyone know the you know the who what, when, where and and the why yeah i don 't want to put you on the spot, but are there, are there any companies
0: that you may think of off the top of your head that? Do a good job in articulating that from what you've
1: seen or experienced. Well, I was a part of uh, pharmaceutical uh, for quite some time, uh, and I was at uh, when I was at Pfizer. They spent a lot of time on professional development, and uh, they let folks know, you know, the the who, what, and why. And so it was more than just uh, let's sell this drug, but mm-hmm. uh, we you know, we were trying to educate people in different. Um, uh, they're different uh, drug states and so forth. And, and technology-wise, I mean, Dell has done a great job over the years. Uh, they said, you know, our mission is to, uh, uh, to bring technology at an affordable pace. And of course, I work for a company now that uh, has a mission to uh, give folks a little different option on how they might want to uh, use their data storage and their, and their compute power uh, other than just what's available to them. Okay.
0: So folks back in the production room, if you guys have a, a graphic shot of uh, Captain Joe's book, it'd be a good time to put it on the screen. There you go. Gut, Smarts, and Love, Live Your Life the Army Ranger Way. Uh, coming soon. Check it out on Amazon. Uh, Captain Joe, I wanted to talk about a topic that is kind of critical for anybody who is walking into a job interview, walking into a new client's office. It's making that first impression. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's making sure that you're dressed appropriately, obviously speak articulately. What does it mean to make a great first impression in the military and then translate
1: that to the business world? It's so important, uh, as we know, because uh, there's a phrase, you know, you only get one opportunity to make that first impression. and. Uh, what I found uh, in the uh, in the book which, which we talk about is the interesting two-way street of making a first impression as a brand new second lieutenant uh, I reported to my unit in the 82nd airborne and um, and I was trying to make the, the best impression I could standing tall looking good uh, already having uh, been through Ranger school and I figured you know I, I would uh, I would be able to to take command and um, I, I wanted to make a first impression. And what was most interesting to me is that when I got to the unit, I saw all the folks I was trying to make impression on, they made the, uh, more of an impression on me. I saw these amazing senior sergeants uh, that were that just in their daily life, they just lived and breathed this, this positivity and this absolute control, uh, this, uh, na- uh, the ability to be bilingual. which Hmm. when the Army means you look to the right and you talk to a bunch of privates and tell them what to do. Then you turn to the left and you can talk to a general and and make an insightful comment that will have him smiling. And so uh, the the making of the first impression, I realized, was this great two-way synergy. And then making an impression really carries through the the entire organization, and it makes the organization better. When everyone is always trying to... Uh, be their best version of themselves. Yeah, so what's a, a good tip for somebody who's
0: watching or listening and wants to figure out a, a shortcut hack, if you will, for making a really good impression?
1: Well, for this, for the young folks that are out there, uh, there, there's no substitute for looking good, being tidy, uh, having a uh, run in the morning. I mean, if you talk about a hack, uh, and you want to be ready for an 8 o'clock meeting, wake up a half hour early and, and get, a, get a 20 minute run or, or, or bike downstairs. It just, there's something about energizing the, the, the system that makes you feel great about yourself and gives you more confidence.
0: Morning work, I got to tell you, in all, in all fairness and honesty, full disclosure here, I've never been able to really exercise in the morning. I'm more work out at night kind of guy. For me, it was like rolling out of bed in vacuum and vacuuming. just could not wrap my head around it. So, power to you yeah. for that and anybody else who can do it. Captain Joe, how can folks get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you or have you come
1: talk to them? Well, I'd love to talk to folks. Uh, leadership is my favorite topic. Uh, I've got uh, uh, an easy way to uh, reach out, uh, armyranger at mit.com as a website I've got, or a YouTube channel. Um, uh, please reach out. Uh, I've got uh, a nice array of speaking engagements at uh, colleges and, uh, and uh, some military bases coming up. And uh, i love to talk leadership yeah definitely check them out and definitely check out the book we have about five minutes to go here i
0: want to talk about one more topic if we can squeeze it in here and when we think about the business community a lot of times as teams are put together sometimes it's folks from different departments that are working together on a particular project sometimes it's folks who are in the same department but they've got to come together and they may not always necessarily agree on mission or the process. How do you bring teams together from a military perspective?
1: Well, we live in a world of mergers and acquisitions and uh, groups that are coming together that that didn't organically start together. Uh, Yet, at some point, they find that they have the the joint mission. And this has been happening for thousands of years. Uh, It happens in businesses every day, and it certainly happens in the Army. Uh, In the the mid-2000s, uh, when uh, Iraq was being put back on its feet, uh, our special forces teams had a, had a mission to bring factions together. Uh, one of the characters in the book, Sergeant Joe Brewer, uh, was a team sergeant for, for a special forces team. Uh, and for the readers at home, uh, the, the viewers, uh, that is a vaunted position. And being the team sergeant of, of a special forces team of 10 uh, is... Uh, is a tremendous responsibility. And they were charged with uh, setting up a security force in Iraq. And what does that mean? Well, they were literally given recruits and a building and uh, training dollars, and they had Sunnis and Shia and Kurds all together. And those factions did not play well hmm. uh, in the previous years together. Uh, and, uh, and Sergeant J- uh, Brewer said, the first thing we're gonna do is, uh, is take away all the walls out of all the rooms, and we're gonna make one big room. And that's where we're putting all the beds and, and the living quarters. And the, the Shias and the Sunnis and the Kurds all live together. And then the part two of that was they made their training so difficult that they didn't have time to hate each other. <laughs> They, uh, they were exhausted and they focused on this near impossible mission that our Special Forces uh, Rangers had set up for them and they were successful. I'm gonna let you now take the lead and parse that back into the business community. How do you advise
0: leaders to bring teams together when there's disparate
1: opinions? Well, I think that you have uh, great uh, great examples when uh, companies merge, and you have uh, departments that are coming together. And uh, the first thing that the leader needs to do uh, is to, to to bring them together and say, in the new world that we have, uh, this department is going to focus on this, and this department, complementary, is going to focus on this. Yes, there was some overlap. Uh, if you drew a Venn diagram, there's a few people in each department, and this is how we're going to uh, we're going to redeploy them. And don't leave people to guess because guessing leads to worry, leads to non-productivity and bad things. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, the absence of
0: information leads to speculation and that speculation is often really bad wrong. Yeah, it doesn't play well. I think we've got to end the conversation here, unfortunately. Time goes very quickly here on Behind
1: the Numbers. I want to thank you for joining us today, Captain Joe. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, it's great. I really enjoyed, in this process, reading your book, by the way. And uh, uh, it's given me uh, uh, some some great things to think about and, and add in. I hope you don't mind me capturing a few things from your book and, uh, and adding them into uh, my, my chats. I'd be humbled. Thank you. And I can't wait to get my mitts on your
0: book. And thank you for watching and listening to Behind the Numbers. We've been talking about leadership with Captain Joe Sicchetti. Great perspective. Uh, The new book, Guts, Smarts, and Love, Live Your Life the Army Ranger Way. Uh, If you are watching, listening, please subscribe, uh, leave a review. Let us know where you're watching and listening from so that we can stay in touch with you. And again, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Bookbinder. We will see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care, everybody.